Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So today's guest is, is somebody that uh, I emailed about two months ago when I found out that her new film was going to be premiering at the Toronto International Film Festival. It's called This Is My Land. It's a film about education, but it's more importantly a film about questions. Uh, Tamara Erde is the filmmaker. She's a uh, French, uh, uh, well, she's an Israeli living in France, actually. So I guess she's an Israeli and French filmmaker. And she goes in and she has visited Palestinian schools, Israeli schools, to show the differences and the distinctions between what's going on there and how history is being taught. And once again, an incredibly compelling film. It's interesting. It's historical, helping to kind of unpack a little bit of what's going on in the Middle East. And one as one of the... Um, uh, characters, one of the people who's interviewed in the film that Tamara speaks to says, you know, quote, we know the Middle East has many surprises, close quote. And I think most of us uh, could agree. Hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, Tamara Arde, look for a couple more TIFF podcasts coming up for me in the next couple of weeks, and we will see you soon. Well, welcome to Face to Face, and we are at the Toronto International Film Festival today with Tamara Arde, uh, documentarian from Paris. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, we have a few minutes. We don't have a, normally I have about 30 to 40 minutes for my interviews, but today we have 15, so we're going to have to we get right, right <laughs> to really it. Quickly. Yes. So I guess clearly, uh, this is my land. Uh, your, your, is this your debut at TIFF? With uh, your film, this is the first film that you've had at uh, yes. Toronto International yes. Football. Congratulations. And thank you for the film. I've seen it now and um, very compelling. Uh, a little unsettling, actually. I'm a philosopher. I'm all about asking questions. I think your film is a, a film about, you're asking questions about asking questions, if yes. that makes sense. Yes, it's a very good definition. Yeah, so, so um, somebody in the film, one of the, I think it was the, the tour guide, 
talked about uh, the quote is we've created a mechanism to distance ourselves from the real questions mm -hmm. and that was Hayne McGeer I think uh, the, the the tour guide yes. in the film can you talk a little bit about that this uh, block and, and and also maybe talk about how it took you so long to ask the questions that you had to ask the doubts that you had yeah so the blog, I think that uh, the way he sees it and the way some certain people in, in Israel sees it is that we've uh, effectively, as a society in Israel, we've created some uh, mechanisms that are related to uh, agony, to dead soldiers, to the terrorist attacks, etc., etc., to the Holocaust, to all these um, very, of course, traumatic things that we have passed and we are still passing, of course, and I mean, no one puts it uh, in question. But the, the question, the real question is how do we use these things and do we use these uh, traumatic events in, in education, I'm talking, right. in order to, to reinforce uh, national uh, feelings and the feelings of insecurity that leads you, of course, to violence and, and to defending yourself? Or do we use it in order to have another uh, message, to, uh, in order to ask other questions, in order to look also at ourselves and why is it happening or not, in order to, to ask ourselves if we are doing it or not. So I think that, and I think that today in the Israeli society, it is not being used in order to ask questions, but as you say, in order to... You know, you, you kind of paint kind of a bleak picture in a way when you start the film out with the silence on the phone call. Uh, the question that you're asking is remains unanswered, and then the young students that you that you that you film in class talking about their futures it looks really dark. I mean, you know, uh, things are going to remain the same. Uh, we're going to continue to do the things we're doing the way we're doing them. Say these young teenagers, I guess they are young boys mostly, actually. Yes. And I, I thought it was interesting the young woman that spoke up said, "Well, hang on a second here. We need to look at this a little differently." Do you find that women are, are, are a little more empowered when it comes to asking better questions? <laughs> um, I don't know, I would love them to have. I think that, of course, it depends. You have both men and sure. women who think, who think differently. I think maybe that the fact that in, in Israel, at least, uh, it's the men who have a, a more uh, important role in the army, naturally, mm -hmm. maybe it makes women a bit more free to think otherwise but because the women in your film are very strong characters all of them uh, even in the classroom setting watching them teach watching them challenge others it's pretty interesting to me that uh, I grew up in a fairly religious Christian setting and so the men supposedly were always in charge but really it was the women behind the scenes yes. you know <laughs> I would imagine it's very similar yes yes I really uh, appreciate all the, the women teachers in the film of course the, the men as well but I think that there are very important voices of women to, to be heard in these two societies and I think that, uh, sadly enough, in the last uh, couple of years, we are seeing that uh, since religion is being uh, becoming more and more strong, then women are being less and less in the front. And we see it, I see it in the Israeli society from very close. I hear it from friends from about the Palestinian society as well. And I think that it's a real shame because women can make the difference in this societies absolutely uh, what's ir ironic I think about what one of the one of the things that's ironic about your film it's you know one of the the people you interview says uh, might have been one of the kids said we need an education to make us think and yet it's the education that's actually causing people not to think yes and right that's, so that's it's, it's you know Socrates said it's the examined life right you got to go deeper you got to ask the questions and yet we all think education is going to change the world but in this case yeah, making, so it, it seems like it's making it worse. Yeah, yeah because it's, I mean, it really preserves our, our old way of thinking. It really gives the, the kids facts 
instead of really just raising their curiosity and not telling them you have to think like that. And I think that there is a real fear today in, in both societies, in both ministries, from the politicians, from the moment that the people, uh, these children will be, of course, people like five, six years after they graduate, will really ask questions, will really think, because they have this feeling that they will lose the, the ground, that the, all the national ideas that the states are built on will fall apart. Because, I mean, in the moment that you start thinking, I guess that every one of these kids that today, it's really natural for him to, to like go for three years in the army, to do all these things that we are doing. If he starts thinking, he might have questions about it, he might have doubts about it. And I think that uh, it is the most important for these societies to exist. Because looking at, for example, at the Israeli society in which I grew up, I think that in the day that there will be peace, and I truly hope so that it yes, will arrive, indeed. I think we will face very serious problems. Because the whole, I mean, now I'm not talking about against the Palestinians, but the society inside itself is so constructed on this a unification around the ideas of war, of menaces, that the day that there will be peace, I guess that we will need to start building something from new. So you're a storyteller, filmmaker, you've got to be a storyteller. And, and one of the uh, women that you interviewed talked about national narratives. And she was talking about them in a negative way, uh, which you do too, I, I think, in the film. Uh, so does the story just have to change? So storytelling is clearly important. That's what's going to change my kids, the stories that I tell them, the teachers, mm -hmm. the stories that the teachers tell them, and so on. Is it a whole new story, or is it a story that has a footnote or two about the other? You know, I, I thought, you know, when you were commenting about, you know, preserving our old way of thinking, where, where do relationships fit into this? Where does the other understanding exactly. of the other fit in? Exactly. No, I, I don't think that we should reinvent our uh, history, the history also, I mean, it's not that the whole history is wrong or that the, everything that we are being taught is wrong. All these events, of course, they happened. But as I said, it, it's how we use them. It's, it's in what context do we place them. And as you say very nicely, also how do we look at the other? Because today we just don't look at the other. It, it really doesn't exist. And the other narrative in both sides doesn't exist. And I think that uh, the most important thing, and again, it doesn't mean that you need to accept the other narrative. It doesn't mean you need to adopt it, but you need to know it. It's, it's one of the things that really struck me about, I love some of the characters in your film, Zaid uh, Kadash, the teacher, the Palestinian teacher, wonderful man from what I can tell. I mean, delightful smile, and he's dancing, and, he, and he's got this really interesting technique for teaching. He's breaking walls down, mm. I think, within his classroom, and yet the film ends, and it seems like he's building them up again. This beautiful man with this wonderful smile who's basically saying, we need to protect ourselves. Don't think about the other, think only about yourself. How does that happen? How does that happen? And, and, and I mean, obviously living in this world, uh, country and, and so on, not having that kind of hatred or that kind of division, really, I, have, I, I think a lot of us have a tough time coming to terms with that kind of separation. Yes. That kind of um, yeah, reaction, you know? Yes, one of the ideas that I wanted to show in, in the film is that the initial uh, people, the teachers, the students, they are all ready to do it in a different way. I think that there, there's this seed, this wish exists. And as you say, Ziad, in the beginning, the kids. But I think that the, the systems, the political situation, society, I mean, these people, and as he says, he, every day, every morning, the kids, they are living all this. I mean, they see their parents being imprisoned every day. They see the soldiers every 
afternoon that they go back to their house. They, they are living, from, and of course also from the other side, I mean, it's really a dual thing, but they are living such a, a horrible reality that I think that with all the good intentions and the good ideas, there are some days, and I don't think that it's something uh, linear. I think that he can have moments in which he will uh, be in a certain way and other moments in which he will be differently. But I don't think we can also just uh, ignore the, the outside reality because if we, if we do some kind of an utopia in school, but the kids they go out and and see their parents in a different situation and see their neighbors in a different situation, it can create also a, a too too strong uh, division. There's such a polarization, isn't there? There's such a, and I think this is what was so profoundly uh, um, revealing for me once again uh, was that that it's it's all about us. And I'm not going to really think about the other's problems. I'm not going to be even concerned about the, the ethics or the morals at all. Uh, I'll look at history, but only from my perspective. Yes. Not and, from anyone else's. Yes. And setting up, I, I mean, it, it exists, of course, in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in a very strong way. But we can find it everywhere else in the world. I think it's a very human thing, sadly. Um, Ran, is that the boy's name? One of the boy's names? In the mixed Said, school. wonderful quote, children can change things too but adults know how to go about it. Yes. So really profound and really wise, I think, for a child, and I love kids because they say the most wonderful things, but he says now the responsibility is on the adults. Would, yes. Would, would you agree? With totally, me? totally. Yeah. I think that it's for us to give uh, these children a different future, a different way of thinking, a different possibility to see things otherwise, because children, as, as smart, as intelligent and intuitive as they will be, they are also living in the certain context that they live in. As I said, I also, I was just like these other kids and I was thinking really the same until I, I had a chance, I, something happened, I saw something and, and I started asking questions, but if that wouldn't have happened, I might have been thinking today still like I was taught. So the system is built in a certain way to ask a, a certain kind of question. Don't step outside of that. No. You can ask lots of questions, but make but sure they're inside within the, a certain framework. Yeah, only inside the box. So in the military, you started to ask questions. You said you had serious doubts. I read an interview online with you and on IndieWire, and you said you started to have serious doubts at a particular time. What else was going on at the time that encouraged that kind of thinking? Why did you go deeper and others don't? It was a very long process. I don't think it was a, a one event right. that changed everything. It was it, my army service was during the second intifada, so there was it was a very uh, crucial moment. I was in the information service, so I was seeing things from an, an angle that you don't necessarily see in the news, etc. I saw it from behind, and that started uh, some doubts. And then I, I guess also that my profession as a filmmaker and the fact that I was starting working about these themes brought me to, to know people from the other side, to know the history of the other side, to start going to the Palestinian cities, etc. So all this, and, but it was a long process. It was not something that just changed in one day. It's, I, work in, uh, I work in international development, and there's no better way to get somebody to understand another perspective but by throwing them into it. Yes, definitely. Taking them by the hand. And so, so you're saying, so, so we're back to relationship in a way. You're saying by seeing it uh, relationally in a different way and in another context changed the world for you, with respect to education at least. Yes, and I mean conflict is part of relationships, so I mean we can also always look at it like this and, and say that if there is conflict there are these two sides and this conflict is part of the relationship that today is like this but could be different if we will work on it.
We've got to wrap it up, and that's crazy because we just scratched the surface, but I totally get it. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And I uh, wish you all the best with the film, and Thank may it continue to ask deeper, more penetrating questions. Thanks. I will. Thank you. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher. Because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.